Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Episode number 69 of the Formats of Timberwolves Explosion. Today is, well, I guess now you can call it June 15th, 2011, because it is 12.30 in the morning. An early start to this uh, day, I guess you could say. Uh, yep, it is also a Wednesday now. It was Tuesday. It's now a Wednesday. And Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. We're back, folks. We're back. It's the big one. It's been a long hiatus for Timberwolves Explosion. I do apologize with all the crazy work schedule and stuff, but we're back. We're back, and it's time to rekindle the great duo of Palladino and the Forecaster. Back on the air, episode number 69. State of the Timberwolves 2011, of course we're going to talk about uh, everything Timberwolves, we're going to talk a little bit about the postseason, of course the Wolves need to get back there, we're going to talk about the Rubio revolution, because he's Ricky Rubio and he's not like anybody, (laughs) the savior, he's the savior, he's the lord, we're going to talk about Kurt Rambis' future or lack thereof, David Kahn a little bit here and there because we're going to talk about the, of course we're going to talk about the draft and trade rumors and all that good stuff, and then the season wrap-up, Facebook uh, group, your MVP, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, and of course we'll give our opinions on that as well, so here we go, ready to rock and roll, Dallas, yes, the Dallas Mavericks were on a mission this this postseason like we've never seen, when we got into the postseason, did you think, I mean, I didn't think Dallas was going to beat Portland in the first round. Not even the first round, Portland. I mean, I, I thought th- they would have been done. Yeah, in the first round. It looked like it, didn't it? It looked like Portland looked pretty good against them, and they did. Rasheed Wallace. I mean, I don't think anybody played better against Dallas than Portland, did they? I knew that. I knew that hmm. Dirk wanted it. Yeah, but that was it. I wasn't even thinking about Dallas. You know, uh, Dallas even in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, you. I didn't either. It's like they were just kind of the same old, okay, they're kind of like a little bit better. Well, not a little bit better. It's significantly better than the Wolves were back in the early 2000s when they lose in the first round, but they did the same thing. They were the same team that kind of would lose in the first round. Yeah. Yep, Rick Carlisle, I think, is underrated. A lot of people think he's overrated. Um, but it's like, had they lost to Portland, it probably would have been the end of him, I'm guessing, just the way things roll with with coaches, yeah, yeah, with coaches and you know the microwave of NBA where they don't they don't keep you very long, <laughs> and Dallas is the kind of team there they just keep moving up and down real quick with their coaches, some crazy stuff. So yeah, Dallas outlasting Portland, that's nice and everything, but it's like yeah, the Lakers, that's the team where everybody pretty much figures yeah they're gonna win again another three peat oh goody, but at least. Not that we hate him, but at least Phil Jackson would leave, and that may mean it would be a little hard for L.A. to win championships after that. <laughs> and uh, what happens? Dallas sweeps the Lakers. I mean, it's one thing that Dallas wins game one in L.A. or game two, but to sweep them? Yeah. Wow. Were you just a little shocked by that? <laughs> just it, a little bit? Yeah, because no. I thought, like most playoffs, uh, you know, most teams are just fodder. You think it's just going to be like, you know, last season just Orlando, mm-hmm. Celtics, you know, Lakers, and that's about it. You don't think of, like, this season, it was just a lot of teams that played their heart out, and it was it was entertaining. 
this was an awesome postseason, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was a changing of the guard. Memphis. How about the Memphis Complete. Grizzlies? This wasn't just like a regular changing of the guard. This was no. like, you know, it wasn't. It was like top to bottom, isn't it? It's just <laughs> top to bottom. <laughs> uh, top to bottom, changing of the guard. You get Memphis sweeping San Antonio. They're all yeah. like, oh, they're the number one seed. They might win it all. No, they didn't. They got killed. And then the, the Lakers get beat by Dallas, which I love. Uh, was it the Thunder get all the way to the conference finals, which we accurately predicted? Both of us did. Uh, Boston gets beat by Miami early in the second round. Uh, what's the other one? Orlando gets beat by Atlanta. What the heck? Mm. <laughs> Atlanta finally beats Orlando, but unfortunately for the poor Hawks, it was only in the first round. Usually when Atlanta and Orlando square off, it's in the second round, and Atlanta gets crushed. So poor Atlanta. They finally get past Orlando, but yeah, they run into the Bulls. The Bulls, the Miami, Dallas, and Thunder. That was a pretty cool Final Four, wasn't it? Yeah. That was fun. It, it Actually, it, it was a shock to me the way... I mean, they, they they killed the old guards. They killed them. It wasn't like, you know, all right, it's our turn. It was like, you know, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, it was. <laughs> it's my turn now. It's like, get, you know, it was like, get the hell out of here. They crushed them. No, no, it's okay. And they, they crushed the living bleep out of them. I mean, they, L.A. gets swept. Uh, Boston basically got beat. Boston was basically irrelevant. They lost in yeah. five to Miami. Uh, what's the other? Orlando got beat by Atlanta. That's basically getting swept. If you get beat by the Hawks, you're basically getting swept. Yeah. <laughs> no matter if it was seven or six, or which actually was only five, wasn't it? Yeah, was and you, quick. And plus it was like the old guard, you know, he put in his dues. Mm-hmm. You know, you tap him on the shoulder. All right, man, it's, it's, it's my turn. It's my turn, yeah. He got smacked around, and then he went out like a baby, you know. Like, <laughs> the Lakers just got beat, and those, the way they went out. It was just, I just, I just feel bad for uh, for Phil and yeah. his family. I just, that was just, that was horrible. I'll, I'll admit I'm not a, a big Kobe fan, but I do. Uh, you know, he 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 he's he has way more than enough skill to be the uh, top player, the best player in the NBA to me right now. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I could say that last season. Yeah, last season for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't like him as a person, but as an NBA player, uh, he, he's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the way the Lakers went out was uh, it, that was hard to watch. And it was strange. It, it was just strange. I mean, you think Phil Jackson, the you know, was it? Yeah, eleven championships and all this. You know, you think maybe it'll be a, a four peat, three peat, if you know what I mean, like four three peats, and then. It's just the weirdest thing. I mean, uh, it's weird. All these legends, it seems like the career ends really funny. Like Michael Jordan had the game-winning shot for the Bulls in 98, yeah. you know, with his you know his final brush stroke, you know. But then he returns to the Wizards, and he his last game is against a mediocre Philadelphia team, and he makes a couple of free throws to end his career with a horrible Wizards team? What What? Yeah. What the hell? It's just weird when you see that happen. It, it happens way too much, actually. Yeah, I can imagine Weird. how Phil must have felt when he had to shake hands with the, with the other coach. Mm-hmm. It must have been awkward. Like, yeah, like, like what? What just happened again? Yeah. Do we really get swatted like like flies? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wish he didn't didn't see that. Mm-hmm. 
You did kind of feel bad. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to feel bad for him. And the rest of the Lakers, it's like, yeah, get out of here. Right? Yeah. I mean. That was ridiculous, especially Bynum. <laughs> oh, yeah. he That guy is a dirty player. He tried to kill um, He tried to kill Beasley earlier in the year. Barnes, obviously, is a, a bleep talker, you know. Yeah, but his first mm. victim, I'll say victim, because mm-hmm. he wasn't going for the ball at all. He had Bynum, a clear yeah. mission. Yeah. Was uh, Jared Wallace when he... Uh, Collapsed one of his lungs mm-hmm. and broke insane. his ribs. That's insane. The guy is definitely a dirty player. Like he should be in WF or something. Yeah, Not that I can call it that anymore. Yeah, if you're just doing that, going for the ball, that's, that's his third offense. Mm-hmm. Doing that, so it wasn't like it slipped. It's basically that's like what he does now mm-hmm. when, he, when he gets into that mode. Yeah, he tried to kill Barea. Yep, that was the other one. That was the recent one. Yep. He yeah, and look at his modes. face, yeah. it wasn't like he had any type of remorse about it. Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, I was sick of him. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, remember, that's what he said. Remember what uh, Bynum said? He was basically like, I was sick and tired of seeing the smallest guy on the court f- flying down the lane against us. So I just I just did what I did. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, I've seen other guys, they, uh, they don't, you know, lead with their elbows like that. Mm-mm. No, that was just... Uh, it, and it continues to happen. That's the worst part. It's one thing if it happened once or twice, but when yeah. it's like four or five times now, it's like, okay, buying him, that's enough. Yeah, especially if if you see a little guy like that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't do the same tactics you did against, like, you know, uh, Gerald Wallace and, and Beasley. You would do something a little less, just, you know, just to let him know that he can't do what he wants to in the paint. Yeah, you just know? a hard foul, you yeah. know. Get the ball and him, maybe his face or something. I don't know, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, you don't even launch yourself, you know, and, and elbow the guy. Yeah, and like elbow and like turn the shoulders, everything. It's just bizarre. Like you're trying to, you're trying to nail, you know, maybe you're on the Packers and you're trying to hit Brett Favre really hard because he can't move. Something yeah. like that. But Brett Favre has a helmet on. That's the difference between Berea and Favre. Yeah, what makes it uh. worse is Bynum should know what it feels like to be injured. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. That's because he's always is injured. Yeah. Yep, and those type of plays are they they're possible career enders. Mm-hmm. Barea. Yeah. Yeah, because the uh, well, Wallace obviously went had to go out, go to the hospital on the stretcher. Mm. Beasley, the way he landed, he could have broken his arm. Yep. I mem- yep. I remember that very well. Yeah. So he's putting their careers online by doing this. It's scary. And he should he should know better because he he was already injured. Mm-hmm. So many times with the knee, especially uh, Bynum. Yeah. And it's always conveniently about April every year. Yeah. It's like, yeah, thanks, Bynum. No. And if I was one of the owners, and especially now when they're all talking with each other, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a guy like that on the court, you know, hurting my guys. No. Hurting my players. I, I wouldn't either. I just wouldn't want that. I would have to tell, you know, the league that something needs to be done. That's why... If he was actually going for the ball, or there was some like long drawn out uh, rivalry, then I can understand. You know, all the just you know that's you know they talk smack back and forth. So you know that was a good hard foul or something like that. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just that he just did that just because he didn't like what they were doing, and no. there was no play for the ball at all. No, he just he just was one of those type of guys. I mean, we all get frustrated, and we want to just we get this urge to like smack somebody. But we don't actually do it. You know, that's the difference yeah. between us and Bynum, I guess you could say. Yeah, we don't actually go out and do it where something happens, you know. Something very, very serious could happen. That's a that's a very hard floor. <laughs> yeah, and you don't time it <laughs> mm. to where you don't say to yourself, okay, I'm going to elbow them as they're in the air. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's the worst part in the air, defenseless. Yeah, he if he wanted mm-hmm. to do it, he would have done it like uh, everyone else. While you know, look quick elbow while the ref isn't looking. You know, something mm-hmm. yeah, something smart like you know, uh, back in the day when uh, the NBA was great. Mm-hmm. The the Jordan era could very much call it that. Yeah, no, it's still quick. Quick yep. elbow, you know, let, to let the other guy know he can't do what he wants, or you know, just let him know, you know, get off me, mm-hmm. something like that. But not waiting until the guy jumps in the air and then try to try to injure him, mm-hmm. take him out. Yeah, he just well went way overboard. It's a, it's a something they got to look at. That's for sure. Um, so it's like really as we continue deeper into the postseason, shoot, he got. Thunder, the Thunder to put up almost no fight against Dallas. I mean, how about that? Dallas just, man, you talk about a team on a mission. It's Dallas. When I saw Ooh. the Thunder, I, it, it, I'm not saying skill, but the situation kind of reminded me of uh, uh, the Wolves. The the current team or in the past? Current team? Well, well yeah, the current that, team. Yeah, like because the, youth, the youth, yep. Yeah, you would, you would, would the way... The whole game turned turned out because it looks like the Thunder are going to win, mm-hmm. and then he just collapse. Yeah, just like the Wolves. Yeah, I know that's exactly right, and you can even say that about the NBA Finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that very shortly. But yeah, the, it was like that. And Westbrook is there's the other guy right there. Here's the other huge topic you could get into like a million times in this postseason. Yeah. Westbrook. Oh, it's like you you want to like him, but then you don't when you see how out of control he is. Yeah. That guy needs to chill out. Especially man. when you have a go-to <laughs> scorer in Durant. There's mm-hmm. like no reason why, even though you can make the case, well, he did score. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, well, it's, that's not really his main job. No, he needs to distribute, especially when you have so much other talent with him. Yeah. He has the quickness and the ability to dish, so do it. You know, that's about it, rather than force up three-pointers. <laughs> that's what he did, like, constantly, throws up three-pointers. The best is, like, you're up by... He reminded me of Rashad, like Rashad McCants, former Timberwolf. Thank God on the former part. But um, you're up by five, seven points, right, with maybe two and a half minutes to go. And what's what are you what are you supposed to do usually if you're a point guard or anybody? You're supposed to like run the clock a little bit when you're up by five, seven points. Yeah. He, he's the type he'll get to the three point line and there's like 21 seconds left in the shot clock and he just launches it and it's like an air ball or something. It's like what are you doing? And then not only is it a bad decision, but it pisses off everybody on your team. And then things tend to snowball up when you do that. It's just insane craziness. It's like I, I want to compare Westbrook to Gary Payton back in the day, really early '90s, because he was kind of he was ultra talented, ultra quick, but he made kind of some goofy decisions as well. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't quite compare him to that guy just yet. So with that, we'll move quickly quickly here to the Eastern Conference Finals. And speaking of quick, yeah, the Eastern Conference Finals were also quick. Another five-game series. The, the team with the best record in the NBA, of course, home court advantage, no matter who they were going to play, losing in five games to the Miami Heat. Another team sort of on a mission. We thought they were on a mission until they got to the, the fourth round, we'll call it. But uh, LeBron, Wade, looking great against the Chicago Bulls. Wade is a Chicago boy. Derrick Rose is a Chicago boy. That was pretty fun to watch. Wade has LeBron James, and Derrick Rose has uh, 
Well, he has defensive help, but he doesn't have offensive help. That's pretty much the story there. That was the difference, wasn't it? Yeah. You pretty much could say that between those two. Chicago got creamed by Miami. And a lot of people are a little surprised by that in one way, but at the same time, it's kind of like you don't compare anybody to Jordan. You just can't do it. Um, But in a way, except maybe, Kobe. But in a way, it's like Rose. It was kind of like Jordan early on. When it was like Jordan and the Jordanaires. And it's like the Roseaires right now in uh, Chicago. Unfortunately for Derrick Rose, as good as that team was, he had nobody to distribute the ball to, did he? Yeah, I thought uh, Corver would have been, you know, that option. At least a little bit. Yeah, the three. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't cons- consistent. No, and, and Noah's not a consistent scorer. Dang, is, I <laughs> I've never really liked him because, A, he's too injury-prone, and, B, he's very inconsistent, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Luol Deng. Yeah, he is, and Boozer, <laughs> totally inconsistent. It's like, oh. it's just empty stats with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a probably a mistake on their part, picking him up. It could end up being the case. It's like, early on, it looked good. Now, I don't know anymore. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Anything else you want to say about that series? No, no. So time to jump quickly into the that's into the series. Yep, the series. The highest rated series in over a decade. Miami Heat and the Dallas Cowboys. No, they're just kidding. The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> I had to say it. Um it looked promising for Miami, didn't it, early on? It sure did. They had home court advantage. It's like Dwayne Wade already has beaten the Dallas Mavericks in the finals. Um a fairly With similar the help team. Of the with help by the refs, yes. <laughs> this is the one of the this is one of the few finals we actually each were rooting for different teams this time around. Most of the time we were on the same side, like Boston against LA. Of course, we're going to be on the same side there. Uh, but this this year a little bit different. Um, Miami, man, a strong start though. And yes, Dwayne Wade did get help in 06 by the refs. Yes, you're right about that. I kind of, I mean, it was hard not to feel bad for Dirk. But here's a term that you don't hear very often. It's a mathematical term called a reciprocal. And Miami was the reciprocal of what Dallas was in 2006. They started strong and finished horribly. That's basically what happened, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I, I, I would actually call it the, uh, the wolf syndrome. The wolf syndrome, yeah. You could say it. Because what team gave up leads... Everything just I couldn't believe how many leads the Miami Heat gave up in the in the NBA finals. Could not believe it. Oh <laughs> I know I'm sad, but I know you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, Dallas. They uh they end up trailing by fifteen and they end up winning games or losing by two early on. Strong, strong finish by Dallas in all these in every game. I mean the games Miami won was a game t- three Miami only won by two points because Chris Bosh hitting a strong uh, clutch baseline shot. Believe it or not, nobody really saw that happening. Nobody really thinks of clutch and Chris Bosh in the same sentence. But um, that's just crazy. Uh, but for the first time since 1985, since well, the format changed to 2-3-2 in the NBA Finals, a lot of people hate it because you have the playoffs go 2-2-1-1-1. And then in the finals, you have 2-3-2. Two, two. But not since the format change in 1985 has a team 
that went up 2-1 to one to, in Game 3. This is the first time that that team lost. And that team was LeBron's and Wade's, of course, mostly Wade's, Miami Heat. They lost. They went up 2-1. to one. Everybody's like, well, Miami's going to win now because the team's there for, what, a perfect 14-0, and 0, I believe, going into this series in that situation. And they lost. <laughs> and they really lost because they didn't win again. <laughs> they didn't win again, did they? <laughs> oh, because what happened? When you talk about Wolves syndrome, you could tell by halfway through the second quarter who's going to win the game because their teams were either scoring a lot or not scoring hardly at all. When the teams are hardly scoring, Miami won. But then when you look and you're like, it's 54 to 52 with three minutes left in the second, oh, Miami's going to lose. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dallas is a scoring team, aren't they? Oh, my. I had no idea that they uh, shot three-pointers three so well. Dallas? Yeah. Look at you. No, I'm just yeah, Dallas, they are just uh well, they're, it's like, you know, when you, the way you say that, yeah, it's like they, you kind of, it's like you know they, they're a decent three-point shooting team, but just as good as they were yeah. is insane. And especially Jason Kidd. No, especially Jason Kidd, because he's kind of like, I guess, in a way, they're Derek Fisher. I hate to use that word. Oh, I don't know. I know that's a bad name yeah. to bring up. I apologize. <laughs> We're all like, oh, don't say that. He's not even in there finally. But he's kind of their fisher, I guess. Uh, Dallas is. But Barea hitting those threes. Dirk Nowitzki hitting those threes. Of course, yeah. Jason Terry. We've seen that a trillion times against Minnesota. Yeah, Jason Terry. <laughs> yep, unfortunately. He is a cocky son of a gun, that Jason Terry. <laughs> um and we didn't really see much of Bierbos, or he like torched the wolves a few times early. He's like really short guy, another short guy. Um, and Marion played really well. Sean Marion had a huge series. Almost forgot about him the last couple of years. Yep. The custodian. The custodian played a role in this series a little bit, didn't yes. he? Yes. Brian and, Cardinal. And uh, I just want to give a big hand to uh, Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer for getting the ring. Corey Brewer got the ring. Brian Cardinal has a ring. Dwayne Casey has a ring. And, yes, Rick Carlisle has a ring as well. Not, of course, not connected to the Wolves, but a guy who is, some people say they don't like him. Some people say they do. I've always liked Rick Carlisle because he's a balance coach. I like balance. I love it. And it was the perfect marriage for the Dallas Mavericks. I keep trying to calm the Cowboys for some reason, probably because of Purple Mafia, which is available on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. <laughs> and, you know, when you talk about football and you say the word Dallas, it's always Cowboys constantly, no matter how much we hate them. Um, excuse me, I'm digressing like a weirdo. Uh, LeBron James did it again. He did it again. Yeah, there's some side topics in this uh, series. He did it again. And it was the same facial expression we saw last year in game, especially game five against the Boston Celtics, where it's like he looked like he'd seen the two girls in The Shining, or something, you know? Those of you out there that may or may not have seen that movie, it's two ghosts that are just staring with that horrifying look in their eye. LeBron James looked like he saw ghosts in the in the arena. Yeah, or, uh... Scared looking. <laughs> Charlotte Lewis and his wife holding hands. Yeah. Just like Delonte West and LeBron's wife holding hands, or Delon's mom, excuse me, even worse, holding hands. It's, again, LeBron James... You get these weird side stories, which is, you know, is, you know, yeah, Richard Lewis this time around, man. 
Mm-mm. <laughs> it happened again. LeBron James forgot how to play basketball again conveniently late in the postseason. Again. He completely forgot how to play again. It's just bizarre. I just don't think he was ever ready for that type of stage. It's sad, isn't it? I want LeBron, I never... I saw him as a big ticket type. Kevin Garnett? Yeah, he's not... He's not He's not the finisher. You're. I, I think you're exactly right. And that's why it's like you would think it's a perfect marriage with him and Wade because Wade is one of the best finishers in the, in the game. Um, no, you're exactly right. I see it the same way. Like, LeBron's more talented than Garnett, and I'm sorry... Minnesota fans, yes, LeBron's more talented than Garnett. I, I, mean, I mean, it's easier to tell, but he has the same mentality, unfortunately. Both of them have the talent to be a number one, like, Hall of Fame legend, but they don't have the mentality to be the the killer. I, I think the, yeah, they don't, but mm-hmm. I think LeBron's reasons are different because I, I think he just, I think he's like a, uh, I'll say man child. He's yeah. not mature enough to the the like uh, other other analysts were uh, uh, I agree with them when they're saying that the turning point was when uh, Wade made that three pointer and he left his hand up. Mm-hmm. Yes, the stare. Yeah, that was game five, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that would have changed everything. And then Bron comes running and starts showboating in front of the Mavs bench. Mm. And mm. the Wade's reaction, if you watch the replay. He was trying to ignore LeBron and just look around him and try to walk around him. Yeah. But LeBron, like, he wasn't having it. He was just like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we did, you know, hitting his chest. Doing crazy. And then Wade just had to oblige him at that point. Just smile and nod at him like, all right, all right, all right. Let's just, you know, not here. Mm-hmm. Let's not do this here. Yeah. And I, when I saw that, if that was Jordan in Wade's position... If Jordan would have had his hand up at the other team's bench, I don't think he would have showboated like that. He would have backpedaled, you know, to the other end to get back on defense. Yeah, most But likely. if if he would have let, if LeBron would have came to Jordan and started in his chest, Jordan would have grabbed both of LeBron's arms, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And told I him to calm so. down. Yeah. You know, like, what are you doing? Yeah, we haven't done anything yet. Yeah, no. the game isn't over. Don't mm. showboat in front of the team. Mm-mm. Especially if you got, you know, this guy, you know, he turns and looks and there's Terry, you know, especially if he's cussing that, you know, cussing yeah. us out. He was pumping these guys up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, instead, and that's what made me think that Wade, he he can't reel in LeBron. If he does, mm-hmm. it's going to be behind closed doors. But he has to do it, he should do it on the court. Once in a while, if you absolutely must, and if it gets out of control like that, you 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 have to. You just have to. It's yeah. You can't keep trying to be friends with them. You got to say, mm-hmm. look, you, we're gonna lose this because you're acting like a like a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't the right time to do it. No, and it really wasn't. And uh, yeah, Wade, Wade's maturity level is higher, obviously, and that's why he was so damn good in '06. <laughs> you know, like Dwayne Wade, even though he was very young at the time. Yeah, but I don't think mm-hmm. the way he's handling a LeBron, he's trying to be his friend when he should mm-hmm. say, look, you know what. Yeah, you got to be a little bit more of a leader because it is yeah. your team, Dwayne. It is, and that's my favorite player in the league right there. It's uh, it is his team. He is what three? He's a few years older than LeBron, and um, obviously he's got the ring and the MVP playoffs MVP to go with that to be able to tell LeBron, no, stop. Yeah, you know, 
LeBron is neither one of those. And then, of course, <laughs> the final small topic, we'll try to keep it slightly brief, <laughs> the coughing incident. That was another really dumb thing by both of them, Wade and LeBron, yeah. the coughing. I mean, yeah, we couldn't get through the show without at least bringing it up. That was dumb. I mean, you don't make fun of somebody for being sick. That's kind of goofy. Or that's really goofy, I should say. Boy, did that come to bite them, huh? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> the coughing incident. It's just hard <sighs> to feel bad for him at all. And it seemed like mm-hmm. the media was trying to change it. Mm-hmm. You know, showing their backstories. Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, prove these guys. You know, off the guy. court, you guy. know, I wish mm-hmm. them and the families the best. Yeah. But don't try to make me f- like the heat because mm-hmm. of that. Because yeah. of the off the court, you know, things going on off the court. Mm-hmm. It's just silly. Yeah, that... It was just, and it's just one of those things you just don't do. I mean, you just don't do that, especially, you know, then there's no guarantee you're going to win the series until it's over, and you still you still don't make fun of somebody being sick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Dirk Nowitzki was sick, all right, in a good way, in terms of he was just sick on that court in this series. He really was amazing. That uh, that spin move he put on the uh, Miami defense, I don't know if it was, Le- I keep getting confused on who it exactly was on. That was supposed to be LeBron. I know he was supposed to be there, but he wasn't really in position. But the spin move Dirk put on Miami in Game 2 was That's Dominique. how good it was. Yeah, That's it, how good it was. It was that good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like Dominique. It reminded me of Dominique Wilkins with a seven foot one German guy doing a Dominique Wilkins spin. Wait, are, you, are you talking about the, uh, the three-pointer? Oh, no, the spin. The, the game-ending spin. Oh, that was Remember actually that? that was... It was on Bosch? Yeah. That's who it was. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> I kept blanking on that. Yeah, Bosch. Ugh. What a softie he is. <laughs> mm. I never really liked him. Yeah, I, yeah, I never I, liked him. I used to like maybe a little bit in 04, but then uh, boom, like right away, maybe for like like uh, three months I liked Bosch, and then I saw what he, I actually saw him play, and I'm like, oh, I don't like him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just liked him because of fantasy basketball at the time. Because he looked like a poor man's Garnett back then in 04. Helped me win a fantasy championship, but my only one in basketball. <laughs> when you were a rookie. But um, back then you were a rookie, of course. Um, man, oh man. That move was awesome by Dirk. It really was. So it's like, there are three people I come out of this series feeling very happy for. It's like, yeah, I hate the Mavericks, but at the same time, Dirk Nowitzki, it's, it's hard to not like him. It really is. Jason Kidd, mm, he's got some. He's got a checkered past with some things. But to see a guy who, who does work hard, to see a guy who's stuck around in this sport as long as he has, and it's still good to finally get a ring. Jason Kidd to finally get a ring. I'm happy for him. And, and Rick Carlisle, the coach, I'm happy for him too. It's nice to see him go from a position to possibly getting, well, he got unfairly fired in Detroit. I know that for sure. Kind of unfairly, I think unfairly in Indiana. And now he's a champion. To go from maybe maybe getting fired if they lost to Portland in the first round to being a champion. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Like anybody in particular you want to mention, honorable mention for Dallas? Oh, I've mentioned, uh, you know, Corey. Corey. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he has a brew crew over there, but. The barista. Remember that? <laughs> that's what we call them here, the barista. Really? Can they come up with something a little bit more interesting than the barista? It doesn't really, it's not really catchy, is it? No, it's not. Could you imagine a poster saying the barista? I, I don't know. 
<laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine that? Oh my. <laughs> the glass cleaner, that's okay, but then yeah. again, that's controversial because a certain website, let's just say a, a certain website came up with the idea first, and then suddenly it's on the Wolves, and it's like the exact slogan on TimberWolves.com. That was a little bit fishy, so it's like a decent thing, and that may have been actually stolen from a certain website that I cannot name on air, because, yeah, I just can't. Um, kind of kind of creepy there. <laughs> creative team, we need some creative... Uh, we need some creativity in this franchise. Might be for oh, a Cardinal, too. And it kind of shows oh, Cardinal, what yes. those types of... How valuable those types of guys are. They are valuable. Like uh, Tolliver on the Wolves right now. Mm-hmm. They're valuable. And Tolliver's like a little more talented than Cardinal, but yeah, it's like yeah. the 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 custodian, you know, they they do they clean up things basically. They clean up the mess. They they're blue collar. There we go, that's even better. Yeah. Um I like players like that. Miami's version of that is Haslam and he's he's good too that way. Does he's not the sexiest player, but he, he helps. And everybody loves him. Everybody loves Haslam on that ras roster. Everybody loves Tolliver. I mean, how can you not like Tolliver, you yeah. know? Except when he's shooting three-pointers. I want him to slow down with that a little bit. Yeah. He's got the worst shooting form ever. He's open to uh, mind him shooting. Maybe, yeah. Give him a little green light once in a while. Yeah. If, please make it. Please make it, Anthony. The decision part, duh. There we go. I love that. That was great. The decision. Boy, is that stuff getting obnoxious, isn't it? Carmelo. It started with LeBron, then Carmelo. And now someone else, maybe Chris Paul, maybe. Mm. You mean uh, free agents? <laughs> yeah, with the whole decision or trades, you know, all that fun stuff. Well, it's, it's going to come down uh, next season. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier with, uh, you know, the Magic, because Dwight's not resigning. That's right. He's going to opt out, isn't he? He is going to opt out. And I think it's mm. going to be another uh, decision. I doubt it's going to be, I doubt teams are going to, uh, Sent all all they can to to the Magic, mm-hmm. like the Knicks did, which I think was a big mistake. Yeah, Huge they blew mistake. it. They blew it. Boy, did they blew it. Look at Denver. Yeah. It's like one of those rare times that in the NBA, it's like, you know, you get all these players, but it's like, well, they're spare parts. It's Ryan Gomes and Gerald Green and Sebastian Telfair, you know. Oh, but then there's Jefferson, you know. Yeah. It's like that. Whereas with this team, it's, uh, my God. Nuggets, oh, my God. Man. They are good. <laughs> Aren't they? Yeah. They're good. So with that, it's like we move into this 2011, 2012, hopefully lockout free. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Because they're talking about, uh, it's a more positive guy named Steve Smith. Of course, you guys have heard of him before. Former sharpshooting guard. Atlanta Hawks, Miami Heat, teams like that. Steve Smith and other teams like Charlotte Bobcats and such. Um... He obviously went through the 1999, or 98-99 lockout. He was saying it's not nearly as bleak as it was that time. A lot more positive looking this time than it was then. So that's encouraging going in. It is. Very encouraging. Um, so let's just hope and pray, as we said. Fingers crossed. No lockout, or at least a very, very short one if there is one. Oh, God, please, I shouldn't even say that. Because once there is a lockout, it takes time. Once it happens, it yeah. takes forever. Because they, they screw around. And I really don't uh, want to wait to see how Rubio plays. Exactly. Yes. I, I don't want to wait. We need to see him play. <laughs> I think everybody's waited long enough. We have waited long enough for the Rubio revolution. 
because that is the next topic. Here we are, the Rubio Revolution. Yeah, and the worst thing about it, it was, mm-hmm. before it was waiting to see how well he can play, but now mm-hmm. it's waiting to see if he's a bust or not. That's the that's the key. That's the key. Is he a bust or is he not? And um, David Kahn, since he's tied into the same topic, obviously Kahn, Rambis, all that stuff, uh, Rambis will be third. Kahn and Rubio are linked together in this. They are the Siamese twins right now. Yeah. They really are. One falls, they both fall. Honest to God. Well, obviously, if Rubio falls, Khan potentially falls too, is what I'm trying to say. Um, this is big. This is really big. I mean, I'm very happy that they were able to get this done. I mean, we never really thought he was going to suit up for this team. We, we never really did. We thought maybe there's a 60% chance he wouldn't. Yeah. Here he is, number nine. And, and when you bring up the link... I think before the season's over, I'm not sure if it can happen, but there may be a coaching change. If mm-hmm. because if Rubio doesn't, uh, if he doesn't produce, yeah, Khan's gonna say, well, you know, why aren't you, you know, you might get me fired, Rambis. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you gotta get out of here. We need another coach who's gonna uh, use Rubio to his fullest. So I think that's yeah. what next season might be. It might be. Uh, just using Rubio, making him look good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the key for for Khan. Yes, I mean Khan is in the position where he is he is his hands being held to the fire right now. It really is, or to the you know the boiling water, whatever yeah. you want to say, hand to the fire. That's actually the term people use. Um, this is big, uh, Kurt Rambis. I remember when uh, earlier was it two months ago? Well, there's there's two things I could get on with Rambis here, but yeah, two months ago we'll say this first. David Khan was on the Paul Allen show. And Paul Allen, maybe a month and a half, whatever. But Paul Allen asked Kurt, uh, David Kahn, is Kurt Rambis going to make adjustments going into next season with his coaching style? Because in the past, he's been too pig-headed, too un- unwilling to make changes. What was David Kahn's comment? He better. Like like an irritated, he better. like Or he's fired. It's like, whoa. Paul Allen just went, whoa. Because he literally, K.O. Khan just jumped into the conversation and said, he better. Scary, huh? When you when you hear that type of emotion, it's, it's like, oh my. <laughs> that shows you Rambus is pretty much dead meat one way or the other. I think he's dead meat barring a miracle. Yeah. Like, A, the lockout prevents or makes the Wolves want to, you know, be tight with their money because they've lost $20 million for the third year in a row. There's your three-peat in Minnesota. Three years in a row, 20-plus million is gone. Gone. <laughs> in terms of revenue or lack thereof versus, you know, expenses. Everything from rent to uh, Michael Beasley. Scary stuff. So, yeah, this is a business year they're trying to run, and uh, Kurt Rambis might not be one of the managers you want in this business right now if you're trying to make any type of money right now. Because... Could he kill Rubio? He killed Flynn. He killed him. He killed Flynn. Flynn's dead, unfortunately. Rubio, does Rubio fit in the triangle? Uh, I don't think so. And, yeah, I mean, Karama's talking about he's making adjustments for a new system. Uh, Probably trying to save his job there, the last ditch effort, right? Yeah, (laughs) because it's like, why now? Mm -hmm. Now you're ready to make adjustments? Yeah. You think he will be fired? Yeah. As soon as you saw, uh, I mean, not the first year. Flynn's, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Oh, sorry to cut in. Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, yeah, that's like the first series. See, as soon as he saw Flynn not being utilized, saw how unhappy he was, mm-hmm. he should have said, you know what, yeah, this isn't working for you. We'll be a better team if I can utilize all of you the mm-hmm. way you should be. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm going to stick to my plan, and, you know, it's nothing you can say about it. They're going to stay the course because they won 15 games the first year, and, hey, they improved. They won 17 the <laughs> next year. 17. We didn't even win 20 games in either of the two years. Oops, with Fair Rambus uh, at the uh, the management helm, we'll say, for the coaching. Frightening. Just frightening numbers in the win-loss column. Frightening numbers in the amount of points given up. Uh, lack of leadership in the fourth quarter. Players making the exact same mistake over and over again. That's bizarre. And then, well, we didn't give the proper effort tonight. And he keeps saying that every single night. So they don't give the proper effort. They don't change. Uh, they don't get. They don't eliminate the exact same mistakes late in the fourth quarter. Coach is to blame on one. Coach is to blame on two. And there, that's strike two right there. Strike three, obviously. Well, um, <laughs> not only do players not improve their mistakes, not only do players not uh, improve their mistakes, eliminate their mistakes when it's the same simple. Stupid ones. Yeah. But, uh... It seems like Rhombus only runs the, no two effort. plays. Yep. Yeah, Rhombus runs two plays. Yep, then I give the same effort. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he only runs two plays. In strike three, you kill point guards. Ramon Sessions and Johnny Flynn. They're dead. And Luke Ridenauer, that's three right there. They're dead. Yeah. Those guys... So that's strike three. Karambas is out. And then you see... <laughs> F minus uh, grade. Yep. Sessions Sorry, in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, is this the same guy? Look at Ramon Sessions. Yeah, I mean, that's what we talked about earlier this year, too. Sessions blew up in Cleveland. And just watch Johnny Flynn go to the New Orleans Hornets or the Bobcats or the Magic or the Lakers or anybody that doesn't have Kurt Rambis as the coach. Yeah. Now, Johnny Flynn was not is not as good as a sixth pick, probably, but he's got to be better than this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's irrelevant. He goes there and he just blows up. Yeah. In the next season... <laughs> Or at least it's decent, yeah. Go yeah, we're like one of those guys, like, we try to get Cardinal right now. And <laughs> if, you, if we were to say, we'll give you uh, Ellington, they'll probably laugh. Probably. Or if we try to get so, uh, Sessions for Ellington, they'll probably laugh. At this point, oh, yeah, yeah, they would. Whereas the year before, you'd think you'd think it'd be the opposite. Yeah. You would. Yeah. I mean, Flynn, I don't know right now. It's like some people are saying you could maybe get a pick in the, tw- the 20s, upper teens the 20s. Other people would tell you they'd be lucky to get a second rounder for Flynn. Yeah. Frightening thought, isn't yeah. it? That is frightening. I would hope you could get a late, mid to late twenty pick for him. But for me, um, it, it was man. it was. It's like he's. I don't know. It's like his his IQ, his basketball IQ, is just low. It seems like it's the mistakes that he makes. I don't know if it's because of frustration. If he's thinking. Like, any mistake I make, I'm going to be back on the bench. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to be out here long anyway. So he's not really into the game. So I don't really know what's going on with Flynn. But yeah, his value is, is, isn't worth isn't worth much right now. It isn't worth diddly. It's the part where he's not going <laughs> to be in the NBA. If you, you know, because now we're going to resign him. No, no, we're definitely not going to resign him. That's at least not the way things are appearing. I would hope you could do something, some type of trade without getting completely, you know, Embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, this could be one of those things where he's going to go the uh, Joe Green route. Oh, my. That was ugly, wasn't it? 
You just go wow. see them in a bunch of summer league games, mm-hmm. and and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Maybe uh, wow. the Grizzlies or the 76ers might pick them up for a second. Second round pick? Yeah. No, they might, they might uh, <laughs> sign them for a 10-day contract. Oh, my God. That would be bad, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be awful if it got that bad? Man. Poor Gerald Green. You know, to think about how far he fell in a really short time. Yeah. He was like a 11, 12 points a game athletic guy that stopped, that just died. He just hit a brick wall, completely brick yeah. wall. It was funny. He? That's when uh, Casey was here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. No, no, Whitman. Whitman. Oh, yes, right. Ah, the infamous Whitman. That's yes. right. And he would Whitman. never play him. Whitman was the worst coach ever. You just would never play him. <laughs> That's a bad coach, ladies and gentlemen. He's a really good assistant coach, like a B-plus assistant coach, but as a head coach, F-minus. Kurt Rambis, an A assistant coach, an A. But as a co- head coach, he's an F. Again, another F. There was a couple guys <laughs> on the Wolves that... I, it's never got minutes. Like, uh, like Green, I want him to get a, you know, a couple more minutes just mm-hmm. to see some, you know, some, some high flying. That would have been make, something. Make our losses exciting. Mm-hmm. He was a good passer too. At least with Boston, he was. Oh, uh, Carney's yeah. another one. Oh my, that was a good He's one. Another uh, athletic guy. He is good. And uh, I don't know if anyone remembers him, but uh, Bracy Wright. Yes, yes, I do remember that name. He was that backup point guard. Wasn't he? Or was he a shooting guard? Now I'm beginning to blank a little bit. He was kind of good. Yeah. That was about three years ago. No, that was more than that. Three, four. Was that in the Was that in the Whitman era or Casey? Now I'm beginning to... They both kind right of... Right around then. Stunted guys. They did a little bit. They did a little bit. Though Casey, I swear, ran. Randy Foy was was awesome under Dwayne Casey. Yeah. And then... Not defense. Yeah. Uh, Casey's a good defensive coach, and he was really, he's the kind of guy, he seemed to get young players to play with high morale. Yeah. I, I like that, whereas uh, Whitman's the opposite. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, Casey, he had Garnett, you know, Garnett's defense was always there, but he had the mm-hmm. whole team mm-hmm. uh, playing D. They were they were a solid defensive team for that short stretch. Uh, unfortunately, you had guys like Zerbiak and uh, Baron Davis, <laughs> or Baron, whoa, excuse me, Ricky Davis on the team. Yeah. Wally was just not a good defender. Ricky Davis, def- uh, Ricky Davis was rebellious. He refused to play defense. I, here's a funny nickname for him that somebody brought, or not somebody that actually it was a known nickname that we just didn't hear very often. Buckets. They called him buckets because that's all he did was score, but and refused to play defense. And he actually thought it was funny and and cool. Like, yep, no defense, all best, <laughs> all all offense. He smiled at a guy that called him Buckets and said, yup. Isn't that a joke? So that shows you what a kind of a jerk that guy was. <laughs> uh. I remember those years, uh, the ultimate <laughs> so high guy was uh, Blunt. Oh, that's right. Yep, Mark Blunt. Yep, boy, we are. <laughs> yeah, Mark Blunt had that awesome two or three month stretch. Yeah. Wolves wouldn't trade him, and then he just disappeared. Ugh. <laughs> funny how in the video games, you know, a guy gets hot, and then you get these offers for, like, these solid yeah, people. Yeah, You get offers for somebody like, I won't even, I can't even come up with a name, like, nah, not Gerald Wallace, but, like, somebody a little bit less, you know, version of him. Maybe I can't even bring up a name now. Uh, Kyle Lowry or something for him. <laughs> That'd be awesome to get a guy like that. Um, it's, like, you're slightly off topic a little bit, but it's okay. 
Sorry to be bouncing around so much, but no, it's okay. Um, yeah, he did finish his career. He didn't play. Mike Blunt? Yeah, game. that's right. We did come here in... Which trade was that again? Now I'm blanking. That was last year. He was on the... Uh, I think... Uh, payroll. He was on the payroll. That's yeah. it. And stayed home. Oh, I can't remember which trade that was. I'm blanking now. So I think it was Miami. The, uh, uh, Richardson? That's what it was. It was Miami. Yep, it was Miami. Quinton Richardson and all that. And then we ended up trading those guys in like five seconds later. That was funny. That's why I called David Kahn the thriller. Because it's like he makes one trade to make another trade to make another trade to make another trade to make another trade. <laughs> it's like you don't know what's going to happen sometimes. <laughs> and then he disappears for like seven months and says, Well, we'd like to uh, evaluate who we have. We're going to trade him, but we'd like to evaluate him first. <laughs> oh, I love that. this guy. Huh? What's that? So we, we, we may end up keeping uh, Williams. Derek Williams? Yes, because now we are finally getting to the draft. Oh, and one quick note. Kevin McHale is the coach of the Rockets. Good. Good for him. No, better coach than Kurt Rambis, but, yeah, bad GM, and I'm glad he admitted it when he got to Houston. I think he will be, yes, we'll give him a little hand for that. I think he will be a uh, decent coach there, and that's about it. Uh, real quick though, before we get to the draft, we're actually going to go to break just so we can break up the segments a little bit and we'll get to the draft immediately after that. Cause yeah, this is running a little long, but Hey, we're going to keep enjoying it. We're going to enjoy it. I mean, this is fun. I hope you guys like it. Uh, it's going to be a huge one, but, um, who do you want to coach this team if Rambus is fired? Casey? Is it Dwayne? I actually want Casey back. I wouldn't mind it. But it's not, it's probably won't take anything sort of, um, Taylor begging on his knees. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the thing is, Dwayne Casey seems like a nice, a really just a nice, genuine, nice guy, sincere yeah. person who would come back because uh, Mikhail isn't here, for one thing. But he, he's the kind of guy, I think he he's the type that would forgive and forget. He seems like the type. The only thing is, I'm sure Casey will be hired well before the Wolves make a move on Rambus. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I think they're still sitting on uh, yeah Rambus. They're right still now. they're still sitting on Rambus, yeah. And then so then it leaves you with well, who else is there? Damn it! Yeah, because they don't want to pay two coaches at once. Because Taylor probably won't, he doesn't want to pay two coaches at the same time. Yeah, when you're losing twenty million dollars annually at this point, which is really sad. That's the thing that may save Rambus is well, he might make a couple uh, he might make a couple adjustments and get a little, uh, the proper effort from his players. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, um, because, no, it won't be because he is a nice system. It'd be because, well, we're losing so much money, we can't afford to just have two coaches on the payroll. Scary thought, huh? Yeah, but if, yeah that's why it's, I think we should have another owner. <laughs> that would not free to make that move. Because once you spend extra money, you know, you're going to start making money, especially in, the, in this league. Yeah, you're going to hope to. You are going to hope to. So with that, we are going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back to talk. finally talk about the draft.
And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 69. As a reminder for iPod users and Microsoft Zune and other MP3 players, uh, Timberwolves Explosion, of course, available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Don't forget to call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. A, it is a voicemail. Do uh, treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion, and you'll be on here. And now the Facebook group. Uh, what's that? <laughs> the Facebook group. The Facebook group. Timber, uh, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves. Type that into the search bar and you'll be able to get to the Facebook group. Do simply join it. Twitter account. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. And now we're finally going to get to the draft. The Timberwolves do pick second. They finally have a chance to pick a player in, well, let's just say every year there's a two-player draft, a three-player draft, a four-player draft, or something, and the Wolves always seem to pick the pick right after it, right? Yeah. Virtually every time, you got Kevin Durant and, well, I don't want to say his name, but yeah, Greg Oden, poor guy. <laughs> Kevin Durant, Greg Oden, all those guys, and then we'd pick third or fourth, or sixth or seventh. But uh, the Wolves do get in that. The bad news was we were projected to be number one. We got... Second, okay, at least we finally get second, the highest pick we've ever had. And like you said uh, about David Kahn, <laughs> David Kahn's comments about, yep, we knew we were toast when we saw the, the young guy on there. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we kind of knew it too just because yeah, it's... the same way. Yeah, it's just the way luck kind of tends to go with that type of situation. It's no offense to the young man and his uh, medical condition, the young uh, son of the Cleveland Cavaliers owner. We wish him the best. We don't mean any insult to him. I'm sure David Kahn didn't, and we know he didn't. Uh, it's just one of those things. You just kind of knew it. Just like every year, it's some type of dramatic thing. Like Washington last year. It just always seems to end up that way. And, of course, when you saw Chicago up there, too, you knew they were going to win. <laughs> just because that's how it rolls. <laughs> that was a few years ago in the year they got Derrick Rose. Ugh, that pissed me off. So, yes, all indications are... If the Wolves pick second, it's Derek Williams. It's Derek Williams. You like that idea? I don't know. It is. There's so many different options that, at this mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. as long as we get someone decent, mm-hmm. uh, I'm okay with it. Because when you get Williams, then it's like a domino effect. Okay, we get Williams, then okay, but not, yep, but we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do we keep busy? Yep. Do we keep love? Yep. Is and if you get Irving, what what kind of? I'm gonna go back to the Mavs real quick mm-hmm. for a second because <clears throat> what the Mavs showed me is they can have two point guards on on the court. Mm-hmm. Terry and uh, Kid or Barea. yeah, Barea the two. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, yeah Barea too. It'll still it'll still work. So maybe if you know Cleveland did get Williams and we got Irving, mm-hmm. and it's possible that could happen. Still, you know, make that work. Yeah, and the good news is they'd both be kind of big, too. Big point guards, because Rubio's about a 6'4", Kyrie's a 6'3". That's the good part. And the other really good part is something we didn't hear about two years ago. We thought we thought actually his defense was really poor, but that Rubio's defense is actually pretty good. That's a very encouraging sign. Um, and, you know, a lot of people do say that Kyrie is almost more of a two-guard, is his offensive game. And, of course, Rubio is a point guard, period. Yeah. Which is another good thing. You know, that wouldn't be the worst idea in the history of the world, yeah, would it? Yeah, and I'll see Rubio 
mm-hmm. yarding and shooting yards, just like uh, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd. Exactly, exactly, yep. Because he's a bigger point guard. He's yeah. a good... It's one of those situations where the point guard is actually, you know, he's the point guard in offense, shooting guard in defense, and vice versa for the other guy. And it's kind of a cool idea, I think. You know, that... <laughs> It's like you, it makes you want, hope that Cleveland just might do something here because, well, Derek Williams is working out in Cleveland. As of Tuesday, that was uh, yesterday. Yesterday, today, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's a sign that something could be up here that either they're considering him number one. I mean, of course, they should look at him. You can't just say, oh, we're taking Kyrie, we're done. Um, they're looking at him, but there's all kinds of rumors, and boy, are those rumors endless. It's like, here we go again. There's so many variables going into this draft. The Wolves also pick 20th. That's another variable. Will they keep it? Will they get a, a nice defensive center? Who knows? You know? Who I, knows? I think uh, the Wolves are trying to shop that 20 pick along with... The two? Yeah. No, the 20th. Or, with uh, Flynn or ooh, Ellington. Yes. yes, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could be a very good possibility to try to get... Some type of veteran, maybe an O.J. Mayo type, maybe. Because his stock is low. His stock is really low, isn't it? (laughs) Coming off the bench, uh, and then they're saying his stock is high, his stock is low. It bounces around a lot. If we don't do a guard type of situation coming out of this draft, I want O.J. I want to find a way to get O.J. Mayo this offseason. That's a guy I would just go get him. If, if, if If they're not asking for too much over there, and I'm sure they're not, I'd get O.J. Mayo. I I take a fly, I take a chance of that, would you? Yeah. Even with the attitude potentially and the the unfortunately the the, the descension rather than ascension the last three years unfortunately since the Kevin Love uh, the now very famous not infamous Kevin Love for OJ trade very there's, famous. There's not a lot of uh, shooting guards out there. No, they're they're like a vanishing breed, and the good part is not a lot of great shooting guards. Not a lot of great shooting guards. And the good part is, if you keep the triangle, OJ Mayo fits the triangle about as good as anybody. Yeah. He, he really does. And even if you don't keep the triangle, OJ Mayo would fit on this team, in my opinion. Ugh, I want OJ. And I talk about him a lot, don't I? <laughs> uh, you know, the Kyrie situation sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah. That sounds like fun, because Derek Williams, it's another one of those guaranteed, it's another one, another situation for the 99 billionth time since 2007. There's too many players that play the same position. Okay, there, I said it again. <laughs> it's it's like the Atlanta Hawks and the Portland Trailblazers who did a whole lot of nothing in terms of making long playoff runs. Too many players that play the same position over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, it, it happens way too much, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, and it's happening in Minnesota. Derek Williams could be fantastic, but but, but will he be? That's the other cool question, will he be, you know? And before we even find that out, well, we would probably have to have to either trade Love or Beasy. We'd have to trade one of them. We'd yeah, have to. I think that's just too risky. That's the sucky part. We'd have to trade one of them. Uh, Love you want to keep, but, that you know, there's another variable there. It's like you question his defense, you question his attitude, and was last year just last year. Uh, that's another thing. Beasley's kind of out of control just a little bit. Yeah. Kind of reminds you of Antoine Walker a little bit, which isn't good. Like, when he puts the ball on the floor, it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, and it's like, you, you don't like that. You don't like having to worry about a guy putting the ball on the floor when he's supposed to be one of your franchise-type players. If you're scared when he puts the ball on the floor, that's not good. Like, when Antoine Walker we would put the ball on the floor in Boston and in Minnesota, it was like your heart just sank. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Here comes a turnover, you know, or a missed, really missed, an ugly missed shot, you know. <laughs> um, man, it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be so interesting, and it's just like last year again. This could happen, but this could happen, but 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 this could happen. Yeah. But this could happen, too. If anything, you know? I, I definitely <laughs> want to keep Randolph. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I agree. And, and and Wesley. I like those guys. I like them a lot. And some, yeah, it's like a, sometimes I forget about Randolph because it's like it was a late pick or late move, we'll say. Um the guy really emerged, didn't he? He looked as good as, uh, I shouldn't even say as good as, because <laughs> uh, he played as well as, 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 as I've seen Bosch play, put it that way. Mm-hmm, he's a good, I really like him. You know, Randolph has a nice mid-range shot. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, he's athletic. Very athletic, he can rebound and he can block shots. Yeah, plus I, really I, athletic. I really don't think we've seen the best of him. No, it's it's early. Yeah. He's a freak athletically, isn't he? Yeah. Woo! And the Wolves haven't had a guy like that since Garnett, really. Uh, the athleticism. Um, then again, at times you could even say Garnett wasn't necessarily the best athlete ever. He was just good, a really good basketball player. Uh, yeah, no, he was a good athlete. <laughs> if Randolph can play center, that would be, be so much better. That would be mammoth big, wouldn't it? Because Darko... Darko Nesterovich, I mean, Darko Milicic is not that good. You know, if we can somehow tap into that uh, that ability that Darko has that Khan can see, mm-hmm. but the rest of us can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we can. If we won't need a new center, we'll just you know, roll with uh, Darko. I wish we could. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Because his offensive game is virtually dead. But yet we uh, ran most of our offense through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you were saying earlier. Not not in the show per se, uh, but like earlier, uh, off the mic, they would make they would run you know, and obviously we saw it too. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Excuse me, they'd run ISOs for Darko Milicic. What? I didn't know. The, like, did the Bulls run ISOs for Luke Longley? And the that's bizarre. Just a little. Did the Cleveland Cavaliers run ISOs for like thirty-eight-year-old Shaq too? You know, I just yeah. don't get it. Or the Celtics will say, I don't get it. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that for probably the, well, not probably, definitely the worst offensive option on the floor and you're running ISOs for him? What are you doing? It's like, what are they doing? Yeah, I definitely think Ugh. we're going to try, try to uh, make a trade with that 20th uh, pick. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they're going to, it's almost guaranteed they're going to do something. Maybe they're going to trade for another guy in the draft. But then again, it'll probably be similar to the Martell move last year when they traded Martell to Portland, uh, excuse me, traded the 20th, which was Luke Babbitt, and Ryan Gomes to Portland for Martell. Uh, it might be something like that, yeah. Most likely a warm body coming back for the pick. I'll try to make some type of trade with uh, Charlotte. Mm, I'd like it. If you can get something, in ret- you know. It's unfortunately, it's not Gerald Wallace anymore. That's the crappy yeah. part. I don't know. I, um... I would like uh, Jackson. Steven I know a Jackson? lot of guys say he's he's too old and he's paid. You know, he gets paid too much. But I think he's, he's crazy. Yeah, I think he's probably the most 
on that team, I think they might try to get rid of him because they might, you know, I think Charlotte's trying to make a change right now. Yeah, they're making wholesale changes. They hired a new GM today, I think. Yeah, so I Former think Portland guy. As yep. far as a veteran, mm-hmm. I think uh, Jackson. Plus, you know, he, I'm, I'm not sure if he's fast enough to play shooting guard. He, he can score. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he can score. <clears throat> That's the one thing about him. And I think that he might be the best fit. I'm not sure mm. because of his contract. But I would love to get uh, Crawford. Jamal? Yeah. Jamal would be nice. He, I think he has more leadership skills than uh, Steven Jackson, I think. I, like you. Then again, I mean, Steven Jackson has leadership skills, but he's kind of weird. You know? That's the one thing about him. He's kind of weird. He kind of he's he's up and down. He's he's got mood swings and such. Uh, when his mood swings go sour, he can be pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Jamal is more steady. I I like Jamal Crawford a lot. That would have to be a, a type of trade. See, they already traded Jordan Crawford, unfortunately, to Atlanta yeah. in the uh, Heinrich deal. That's what it was. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk Heinrich, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk. Yep. It's, yeah, there's there's so much player movement. It's like you almost get uh, just a little confused. <laughs> it really is. It's going to be fun to see what happens in this draft. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, of course, lots of trade rumors again. Cleveland, maybe you get the four or something. You get the six from Washington. There's just some weird ones. Four and eight, maybe. Detroit and Cleveland was one out there. You get the four and the eight. I forget exactly what you give up. To get both, I mean, maybe you do just get the two, and then Cleveland moves people over to Detroit. It'd get weird. Yeah, maybe I definitely want to see more of uh, Brooks. Uh, the Brooks, Marshawn Brooks, yeah, and for the shooting guard. I think the Fredette can be the next, uh, you know, better uh, Berea. Better Berea and kind of like uh oh yeah that's yeah he's a yep he's a point guard for BYU of course for that yeah, so three point if, guy. So if we did happen, well the, the rumors saying we we would make a trade with Washington for McGee. Mm-hmm. Jamal, uh, yep, that's right. That one's the out there. Six and uh, eighteenth uh, pick. Mm-hmm. That might be where you could get uh, somebody like a Biombo, or you could get somebody like. Uh, yeah, in that situation, mm-hmm. I would get uh, for that. Mm. To have that you know type of Berea player, since we have the uh, the tall uh, Rubio, that would be a lot of fun. You get a tall, <laughs> that would be kind of fun to get. Uh, then we have a, a shot blocker in uh, in uh, McGee. McGee, yep. You could bring him in, and another guy who could be a shot blocker could be a Biombo too, potentially. Yeah. Or, we, or if we get for that, you might be able to get Brooks. Alec Brooks, or excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong guy here. Marshawn Brooks, I'm jumping yeah. around. Yeah, Marshawn Brooks from Providence. What a pure shooter! I love his jump shot. It, it, it the way it comes, it, it, the way it just comes out of his hands, it, and it has this beautiful rainbow to it. Yeah. I, I really like him. We were watching extensive video on this guy. Uh, it'd be nice. It'd be a nice fit for a team in need of a shooting guard. Like we need a shooting guard on the Timberwolves, and a shot blocking center, a shot blocking center, a shot blocking center. <laughs> Unless it's Anthony Randolph, then maybe we're okay. It's going to bounce around quite a bit. And, of course, yeah, and here's something bizarre we're seeing. Um, NBA Draft.net. Now, we, we look at the mock draft mostly 
to look at positioning so we don't mention, oh, well, the eighth pick is going to Charlotte when it's actually going to Detroit. You know, you want to, we just, you know, it's for verification and all that good stuff. But also, it's interesting to look at mock drafts to see the change. The, the changes are dramatic. Like just last, what, three days ago, they had Cleveland selecting Enos Cantor number one overall. Now they're back to more reality with Kyrie Irving going there, and Enos Cantor still going to Cleveland with the fourth pick. This, of course, is everybody stands pat because you can't assume trades until they happen. But Kemba Walker, a guy looked on as potentially anywhere from fourth to sixth, maybe, maybe seventh or eighth. Now they have him going to Phoenix 13th. That's kind of weird. I don't think Kemba Walker's going to slide that far, do you? No. He's too good for that. He's good. He's a good basketball player, a good defense. He's a gamer. Um, Brandon Knight, they have him moving all the way up to third. I don't know about that. Yeah, and Grizzly is someone who I don't know much about. Yeah, Sam. But I had no idea that he was six eleven. Yeah, he's a he's a skinny guy though too. I mean, you're looking at a real scrawny individual. That's why they have him even as a small forward, power forward, not not a power forward center. Yeah. He's a very small individual, only two thirty. There's a lot of skinny guys all over the place. Um, good Just having that height, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, good defensively, but just having that height at small forward mm-hmm. is, is will have to be good. He's the next Dirk, I tell you. No, <laughs> well, you, you never know. I mean, you, you hope for that. Uh, the good news is if you're a small forward and you're that high, yeah, you can shoot over people. Yeah. And uh, that, to me, that would just indicate, you know, I mean, I could see him as a shooter. But, I mean, who, who knows what's really going to happen with him ultimately. It, it'll be interesting to see how things turn out. This thing moves around so much, this draft. You have Marcus Morris, Darius Morris, bouncing around all over the place. Those, one from Kansas, one from Michigan, of course. <laughs> one's a small forward. One's actually kind of a bigger guy. The other is a guard, point guard. The Michigan one, of course. Um, it's interesting stuff. It is. Biombo, though, that's a guy I mean, I think we're both interested in as well, possibly later on, if we keep the 20th already. You know, trade with somebody close to there. Yeah, close by Biombo Brooks. Um, some people have Biombo going sixth overall potentially to Washington, though who knows or, or Sacramento or God knows what. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to keep up with this draft. Uh, though it, it is, this does show you though, like a lot of people were saying earlier. <laughs> it's you have the two, three, four guys, whatever, right? You know who are most. Yeah, they're gonna go in the top four, but then you have guys who can go anywhere from five to twentieth. Because none of them stand out like so much that oh he has to go eleven you know eleventh to Golden State you know or or seventh to Sacramento there you know Fredette has been seventh he's been we've seen him what sixteenth seventeenth it's bizarre you know and of course you're seeing Kemba which I'm surprised I really am UConn Kemba of course as we know the national champion that guy is a gamer that's what I like about him. Mm, I would not mind him here if we didn't have Rubio. I really wouldn't, now that we actually have Rubio. Uh, do you like any of those trades? Potential trade down? I mean, I I don't know. It seems like it, seems like it might not be really what the Wolves want to yeah. do if they're smart. If they're smart. That's the big question. Are they? Because you'd be getting even younger. We sure. already got younger with Randolph. If Washington had the six and, and maybe down to the 14th pick, then I would like that. Mm-hmm. It could be something you, you trade down to the 14th around there. 
Well, if Washington had the 6th and the 14th, I'd oh, give them yeah. the 2nd. Oh, yeah, instead of the 18th? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because that's so far down. I mean, granted, like we were saying, you might get the same guy you wanted at 12 because it's just right. that kind of draft. Uh, people are going to bounce around like crazy. Like we were saying, Biombo, he's 20th. He's been sticking there, though, which is good news for the Wolves. Uh, we could use a guy like Biombo. Yeah, but if you use the Washington pick. Mm-hmm. Then you're more guaranteed to get him? No, you yeah. have McGee. Or you, and you get McGee, potentially, yep. Who's a, it's like he's goofy, but he sure is big. Yeah, uh, McGee big. is mm. it's kind of weird. Will, will he be one of those guys, like, further down? You say, we could have gotten him, we could have gotten McGee for basically nothing. You know, we mm-hmm. could have had him easily. Mm-hmm. That's the trick. If it's like uh, yep. uh, uh, Harden. James Harden? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't Third give any minutes. Yeah. You know. And the you know, prior teams just slept on him, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, he, he's, he's got to be bad. Yeah, and because it's like third overall pick, and he's not even hardly getting minutes. What's going on yeah. here? He must be a bust. Yeah. Like Johnny, I mean, like that guy, yeah, that number 10 guy on the Wolves. You know, and if <laughs> teams would have made a real effort to try to get him, they probably could have gotten him for, you know, for not much. But if you try to get hard now, mm-hmm. it's like, you know. Mm, almost impossible. Yeah. He's so clutch. Yeah. He's clutch. I really like James Harden. It's like you like him coming out of college, but then it's like, whoa, he went third overall. That's pretty high. And I guess it's like, eh, you know, the Thunder needed a shooting guard, but he's not starting. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> will like, McGee yeah. be scary good later on, or will he be yeah, another a, Gerald a project. Green? Yep, another Gerald Green, another yeah. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. I like DeAndre Jordan, but it's like he's not getting playing time, my guts, for a reason. Yeah. It's frustrating to see that. It's like, hey, this guy, I can't wait to see him play. He's getting five minutes a game. What the hell? <laughs> That's what it's like with DeAndre. And, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to have that situation. That's the crappy part. You know, Anthony Randolph goes to New York, and he gets buried by the infamous D'Antoni. Um, hmm. It's like, what do you make of it? What do you make of it? Marshawn Brooks could go watch watch him go 12th to Utah. Who knows? Well, he's working out with uh, Milwaukee. Mm, that means he, yeah, he could go as high. He could go up there. He could. It's going to be real interesting to see where this turns out. Yeah, he could go tenth. There we go. Um, who knows? He could go anywhere from ten to twenty-five. Who knows? It's just it's one of those drafts. Could trades trades are going to happen? Just yeah. like last year when it was just like there were so many trades we got tired. Remember that how tired we got? Yeah. Remember how tired we got near the end of the show because it's like we knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be a tornado, you know, of trades. <laughs> Forgive my use of that word, being there was one only three blocks from my house just a few weeks ago. But <laughs> um, luckily it wasn't the worst one ever. Thank God for that. Um, boy, I just got real quiet saying that word. Uh, it's it's going to be, this is going to be weird. It's got to be weird. I'm, like, tired even thinking about it. No second-round pick for the Wolves because, well, the 31st pick and the uh, over, overall 31st pick is going to the Miami Heat. We know why. Be- because we have Michael Beasley, luckily. That's the good part. The, yep, so that's the first of the two trades, 2011 and 2014 for Beasley. Not bad, but maybe Miami will get the next uh, Ginobili with that pick. Or looking is, for a center, if anything, <laughs> They should do that. Yep, I mean, right now, yeah, they have them selecting Jeremy Tyler, power forward center, six foot ten. 
we'll see how that turns out. I mean, that's probably where they should lean, a guy like that. <laughs> I would I would if I were them. They need to do that. It's going to be uh it's going to be fascinating to see how this turns out. Mm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Corey Joseph. Oh, that's a hmm, interesting pick going in the second, early second round of Washington. Minnesota ties there. Gophers ties, that is. Uh, crappy basketball team with a... Yeah, I'll leave that alone. So now we are quickly going to move on to the Facebook group here. Again, sorry it may be a little bit long, but we're enjoying it very, very much. We hope you are as well. Uh, or sorry it took so long to get to your posts on the Facebook group. Nigel Southern, Spencer Ellibrush, Lucas Quayle, all kind enough to contribute. Nice to have Lucas and Nigel back on board, and Spencer, always a great contributor to Timberwolves Explosion. Of course, the Facebook group, simply type in Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves in the search bar, and then join it. We'd appreciate it very much. So, yes, we're looking for your most viable player, your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. So we're going to kind of go in the order. We're going to read off everybody's MVP and make our opinions as well, everybody's, you know, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment, and we'll make our opinions as well on that. So, yep, Spencer Ellibrush's MVP is Love. First All-Star since KG, he is a double-double machine and gives the T-Wolves a true piece to build around. To put thoughts there by Spencer Ellibrush, can't really disagree with anything he said. Nigel Southern says Love with, with Daylight Second. Yep. With the right teammates, Love could be huge. Gotta love that right there, definitely. And Lucas Quayle, who picked Kevin Love as the most valuable player last year, picks him again, and a great, <laughs> definitely a great, uh, great job, Lucas, last year on Kevin Love. You were right. You were right about Kevin Love last year. We were both uh, against you when it came to, we, we thought Al Jefferson was going to be the better player of the two. You thought it was Kevin Love. It looks like you were right here. Kevin Love was amazing, though. I mean, we still love Al Jefferson. But, uh, sorry to ramble so long. But, yeah, he says, well, he was ex- while he was expected to improve, nobody could have predicted the production that he consistently showed this season from the 30-30 game to the double-double streak, as well as an unexpected contribution in three-point shooting. He alone was the reason to watch this team most nights this past season. Definitely can't disagree with that. I mean, Kevin Love, yeah, shoot, he was the reason to watch the Wolves last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Especially during that streak, the double-double streak, which was amazing, wasn't it? That was something else. That was absolutely something else. So, uh, yes, my MVP is Kevin Love. (laughs) My MVP is Kevin Love. Uh, We don't like his defense very much. Most of us don't. But overall, I mean, he was... He was the star of this team. There was no doubt about it. Kevin Love was the star, and he actually put us on the map. Like, not only were the Timberwolves on the front page of Yahoo Sports, they were on the front page of Yahoo at one point when Kevin Love had that 30-30 game. So who's your MVP? <laughs> oh, I feel the same way. Kevin Love. He was pretty amazing. Yep, He, he, he really was. Yep. Anything else you want to say on that, Love? No, I agree with what uh, everyone else said. I can't really much add too much to it. Yeah, it's pretty detailed stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty detailed stuff. I like the change in opinions in some of these. It's actually pretty cool. Nigel and uh, Lucas and uh, Spencer, great thoughts, all of you guys. I mean, awesome. Thank you, all three of you, for joining in this conversation. So now we get to the biggest surprise. Spencer 
says the biggest surprise also is Kevin Love because nobody expected him to be this good. They expected Mayo to be the best player in that trade, that trade swap, and expected Beely to emerge as the best player. That's a strong, excellent case that uh, Spencer makes there, huh? Do you like that? Yeah. That's a that's a really good way to put it. Um, biggest surprise for Nigel was for, he, he says, for me, just how bad we were this year. I, for one, thought this team could win 30 games. You know, that's a that's a good surprise yeah. too, right there. Like not good in a good way. It's a it's a bad surprise. You know, it's disappointing. They seventeen wins. Kurt, hey Kurt, Kurt, we didn't give the proper effort, did we? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just when he said that after every single game, yeah. you just wanted to punch him. It's like you know, that's your job, man. Come on. All right. Because it's not about motivation. That's overrated. It's You know, the players should be motivated already. It's about uh, effort, too. You know, I think the coach can get a little more effort out of his players. Biggest surprise, according to Lucas Quayle, and this is another strong one. I mean, these are really good cases these guys bring up. Anthony Randolph. Even though he was only on the Timberwolves this team for a, well, on the Timberwolves team for a partial season, he showed flashes of ability. Even in very erratic playing time, that were very, that was a, that was very exciting. This is more than most people could have expected from a player that was essentially a throw-in to make the Carmelo trade work. With more consistent minutes next season, he could be a very valuable piece of this team in the future. His honorable mention for the biggest surprise: Wesley Johnson. Kind of cool there too. Yeah. These are some strong cases, guys. I I, I like it. I really like what I'm what I'm hearing here. You know, it's like it's tough to make a choice sometimes. Biggest surprise? Well, do you want to go first or should I? Um, I'll go first because I think you might be thinking of thing. Yeah, go for it. Go for it has it. to be the pickup of Beasley. The pickup of Beasley? Yeah. That was your and biggest surprise. What we what we uh, gave for him? That was pretty surprising, wasn't it? Yeah. Two second round picks for Michael Beasley, second former second overall pick. Yeah. Um, so it's the pick of a Beasley, not Beasley himself, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that shocked you. It was yeah. interesting, wasn't it? Mm. It was surprising. It was surprising. <laughs> but yeah, no, no player in particular that you can think of. Just mostly, just leave it to that. Yeah, just just Beasley. Just the fact just that we got him. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, then Nigel took mine. The. Uh, I, I thought for sure that we would win more games than we did. Mm-hmm. Looking at Shocking. the team, I'm thinking, you know, at least at least 30. Yeah, they that team should have won more games. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, looking at the No team. doubt. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Like Luke Ridnour, you saw him as this nice veteran. Yeah. They'd come in, and, yeah, there's your Ramon Sessions. It's just like last year when we had a fun laugh about that. Yeah, <laughs> I love episode 58, guys. Ugh. Yeah, you would think uh, the, the season before, you know, Darko showed some glimpses of mm-hmm. uh, being a great center. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Beasley. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and Kevin. Uh, Kevin loves Kevin love having that ridiculous season he had. Woo! Amazing season. In our preseason. Look awesome, uh, Wesley you know, Webster. I think of the uh, uh, KG commercial, You've Been Fooled. Yeah. We got fooled a little bit in the, in the pre. 
<laughs> and it's like, you don't like to gauge a year on a preseason, but it wasn't the wins and losses. It was the play of the team that made us excited. Yeah. The three-point shots. The the defense was, well, we saw the same thing, unfortunately. That's where we got a little scared, but... Yeah, the biggest... The, the three-point shooting was awesome. Yeah. The biggest game that, that uh, tricked us, had, for me, had it been... Uh, we beat the Lakers. That was fun. Yeah, that that preseason game. That was fun I to was watch. I was pumped after I saw that. I was like, yes. Wesley Johnson. Yeah, he plays great against L.A. He did in the regular season, too, with that 29-point game. Yeah, everyone looked great. Uh, Webster, Tolliver. It was like, oh, man. That was fun. Luke. Yeah. The New Hope was hitting three-point shots. And it's like, Everybody this was lights out. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah. The New Hope was hitting threes. He was making really nice passes. It's like, there's, there it is. There's your veteran point guard, your stable team leader. And then he plays like an absolute idiot in the fourth quarter in the regular season. <laughs> oh. The biggest disappointment... Boy, no, we gotta, I got to save that. What am I doing? I'm jumping too far ahead. But, I mean, there's so many candidates for that. If, pretty much if you write anybody down except Kevin Love, you might have a pretty strong case. <laughs> yeah, but you're so, MVP. Oh, oh, what's that? Your MVP. Oh, my MVP was love, remember? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then yours was too. Uh, f- uh, my biggest uh, surprise, you mean? Yeah. My biggest surprise. Yeah. It's like I'm, I keep waffling here, but I'm going to go with, it's like I want to say Kevin Love because how shockingly good he was. And it's like I almost should say that, but in a way, Anthony Randolph, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of going in Lucas Quayle's direction here. I didn't think he'd be easy. He, he looks like he could be a legitimate piece here. Yeah. He, he really does. And I really, I'm folding my hands since you can't see it, being this is audio. I pray to God in heaven that it was not a mirage. And I'm not fooled. I don't think but, it was. <laughs> no, he's got some serious skill. I think he's on mission. <laughs> I hope so. Because if he's anything like he appeared to be when he was in there replacing, uh, was it Kevin Love? Yeah. 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 He was. He was awesome. And, and it was kind of weird because when he was playing, mm-hmm. I was like, Kevin Love who? Yeah. Kevin Garnett. No. <laughs> he looked like Garnett out there, didn't he? Yeah. Like 1910 and like multiple blocks. Like, hey, man. Rebounds. The rebounding, too. Yeah. I'm like, 11 I don't know rebounds. what Kevin yeah. Love is doing, but he better come back mm-hmm. before. Before Anthony might uh, steal some of that spotlight a little bit. Yeah. Anthony Randolph has a chance to be a, a pretty good basketball player. I don't think it's Darko Syndrome. That's why I'm going to give him the big surprise. I'm going to give him that award from me. The most improved, well, not most improved, but it's like that, you know? He gets the little he gets a little gold trophy that says biggest surprise from Paladino Joey <laughs> of Timberwolves Explosion. He is a, he has a chance to be a force of this league. Yeah, right? and unfortunately, that's, he's creating problems with the, the Derek Williams possibly coming in. That's the other funny part because, you know, there's like 9 million forwards in this team. People would say there's nine million point guards, but none of them can play yet, except maybe Rubio. <laughs> that's the other. That's why we still support a Kyrie Irving move if they do it. In fact, that might be the best of the bunch if yeah. they do it. That might be actually really exciting. Uh, very good possibility there. Oh, I would love that actually. Mm-mm-mm. I am just salivating right now. These ideas, oh, these ideas would be very exciting. So here we go. Disappointment time. You ready? I'm lifting this really heavy bag with all the different possibilities here. It weighs about 50 tons. Actually, there's about 11 possibilities outside of Kevin Love. Yeah, and there's <laughs> only uh, one, one possibility that weighs the most. Mm-hmm. The rest are pebbles compared to it. Compared to the point guard that I endorsed so highly two years ago. Yeah. 
I sat and watched that YouTube video 55 uh, times. I watched talk about college being highlights. Food. Yeah, talk about being food. <laughs> this guy looked like the gamer beyond belief. Now, I know we could blame Karambas a bit for this, and of course we can, but players that can play usually find a way through shortcoming, you know, find a way to get around things like that. I mean, a system shouldn't completely kill a guy, should it? No. It might hurt him, but not kill him. Like, would Chris Paul come here and die? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. But Aaron, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Darren Williams. Excuse me, Aaron Williams. Darren Williams. Thinking about Aaron Rodgers of the Packers for some reason. Um, no, that wouldn't happen, would it? No. No. Johnny Flynn, folks. Yeah, picked by Spencer Alibrush, and it sounds like we agree with him. <laughs> he says, very inconsistent in his rookie season. But when he was high, he was a great asset. And he looked pretty good uh, at times. Yeah, very short. Short-lived, yes. Short spurts. Short spurts. Last year, there was no short spurts, hardly. <laughs> Basically, one possession. One possession, yep. He says this this year, <laughs> this year it was only low for him coming back from the hip injury. It was only low, yeah. And it's like, you don't want to completely... Uh, pile on a guy for being hurt, but it's like, shoot, can you be a little better than that? Just a little? Yeah. Jeez, Jefferson was better, and he had an ACL tear for Pete's sake. Yeah, sometimes it was, uh, maybe, you know, slowed him down, but there's no excuses for bad passes Mm -hmm. and the choices that he's making. Yeah, a hip isn't necessarily going to kill your passing game. And the funny part is his passing game, in some ways, was actually stronger than he was as a rookie, but you expected it to be. Um... There, there's a lot of things you could kind of support or that could kind of have led to the lack of uh, development from Johnny Flynn. I mean, when he had that hip injury, it was actually late in the regular season the previous year. Granted, there was no postseason for the Wolves, but late in the year, uh, in his rookie year, meaning he had virtually no time to work on his game last summer, and that, that, was, that really sucked. But still, you know, when you sit and watch, actually, I actually almost learn better when I sit and watch than when I practice. Yeah. I'm one of those kind of astute type of people when it comes to basketball. Um, boy, is that frustrating. Boy, is that frustrating. Nigel Southern coming in with a curveball here. A big curveball by the name of Michael Beasley as the biggest disappointment. Nigel says he showed glimpses of why he was in the mix as the number one pick with Rose, but in the end left us wondering what all the hype was about. Because there are times, yep, like, you know, I agree with some of that, or all of that, really. Uh, yeah, he looked like Antoine Walker at times. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier in the show, like, where's the ball? Yeah. Why is the why is he turning? He turned it over again? What the heck? And for a guy with as much muscle as yeah. Michael Beasley, he looks kind of soft, too, <laughs> doesn't he, at yeah. times? Looks like a softy. Yeah, but with uh, Beasley, I see him as... He can either be great for the team, and if he's bad, it's it's a second round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, but That's for a good Flynn, part. it's like okay, we could have had Curry. We could have had Stephen Lawson, Curry. Lawson. We could have had Ty Lawson, and it's it, that's that's the bigger hit. If he Brandon doesn't do Jennings, anything, yep. yeah, oh, sorry, yep, yeah, and just yes, that's that's the bigger hit. If Flynn doesn't perform, it's like okay, we got nothing from that draft. No. The Flynn and then and then Rubio, Rubio. too. Rubio, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I thought that's what you're thinking of it. Rubio, yeah. John, uh, John, John Con, David Con, 
If Rubio's a bust, David Kahn will lose his job. There's my prediction. Yeah, because you pick... He has to. Mm-hmm. It's like you pick Flynn just because, uh... Just because he's well-spoken and he has that smile. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He's good in interviews. That's about it. He's a he's a fun, entertaining guy, but it's like, yuck. You know, yeah. as a player... And like I think I said on a previous show, an earlier show not too long ago, I remember watching his tweets during the rookie year. I used to follow his Twitter, Johnny Flynn. Mm-hmm. He just seems like he's just he's just he's just there for the ride. He's not really a competitor to me. He didn't sound yeah. like a competitor. He just sounded like, oh, I'm living the life. This is fun. It's like that doesn't sound like a guy with really a heart for basketball. It's a guy who likes to be popular in school. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and the sad part. I don't know where he went during the season, mm-hmm. but Sebastian Telfair played oh. better than Flint. Yes, he did. I, I agree with that. He was the best Flint guard in the roster, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I, I think <laughs> most times he was even better than uh, Ridnour. He was. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Ridnour. It's like Ridnour's decision making, especially late in games, was like kindergarten level. Yeah. Johnny Flynn is a kindergartner as a basketball player. Yeah. I hate to say it, but he is. Telfair is at least, well, halfway decent. Point guard. He will at least go into mm-hmm. the paint, dish it out, go to the paint, come back out with the ball, not get stuck mm-hmm. like Flynn did a lot. Mm-hmm. He, would, he would lose, he would stop dribbling, and that would be it. And then it would be like you said a year ago, he'd get, he'd get engulfed by people. Yeah. Power forwards and centers in the league. So it's actually, the, yeah. the injury actually prevented him from running, you know, getting blocked. Mm-hmm. That's the good part for poor Flynn. <laughs> poor guy. Ah, uh, what a frustration. But he seemed to pass that on to uh, Ellington, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, Ellington was disappointing, too, most of the year. He had some good moments. Yeah. He had some strong games, but he had a little Rashad McCann syndrome. Yeah, yeah. it seems like, you know? yeah, I, and I blame all, I think all this could be blamed on the coach. Because the most, coach yeah, almost, pretty much should all be it, telling yeah. uh, these guys not to do what they're doing all the time. Like, if Ellington is always going to rim to get blocked, Mm-hmm. The coach should tell Ellington not to do that. Yeah. Ellington should learn, okay, that's not part of my game. I should be doing that. But, and again, with uh, Flynn, too, it's just decision-making. I don't know if you can really blame the coach for that. But if if you're a player and you should know when not to shoot or there should be that fear that, okay, I shouldn't be doing these types of things. I'll stick to the game plan and play the way, you know, I'm out here to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's very frustrating to see how Kurt Rambis, it's just all those intangibles you mentioned, he he didn't provide to this team at all. He certainly didn't provide it to the point guards. I actually think the single you know? best thing that Rambis did to show that he was a coach for this team was oh. that time he got ejected. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, when he was blowing up at the, at the ref, yeah. yeah. I think that was the only time <laughs> where I saw him as a coach. A yeah, decent coach for the team, that was it. Because he was standing up for someone yeah. in a bad situation. Yeah. And that was it. That's a... The guy... It's like he's... Yeah, he's, he's pig-headed. Oh, and one quick thing, now that we're in Rambus, and, and we'll get to your biggest disappointment, Lucas, I apologize. Uh, a veteran player, that's according to Henry Lake, a very a guy I like on JFAN who's really NBA-knowledgeable, a veteran player on the team didn't mention the name, you know, due to, you know, you, you just can't, you know, uh, fire sale or whatever they call that, um, protecting the player, of course, you can't, you know, just mention the guy's name, and you probably never hear from him again, <laughs> the poor guy, uh, 
mentioned that Kurt Rambis, bringing back Kurt Rambis would be a huge mistake because he's too pig-headed. He doesn't listen to people. Yeah, That's a problem. Like mm-hmm. And, and yes, he does, yeah. Because, I mean, he was on the 80s Lakers and he was with Phil Jackson. So how, how can you go wrong? Mm. <laughs> you know, he was a two dynasty superior situation. So how could you go wrong? He knows everything. He's God. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, and he certainly isn't. Yep. It's uh, it's very frustrating. Yeah, those are, good, those are some good takes on Johnny Flynn there, by the way. Um, so now we get to Lucas Quayle's biggest disappointment. He, he agrees with us. Yes, he does. Johnny Flynn, a very high draft pick a couple of years ago. He only a couple of times a season played near average basketball. Between injuries and turnovers, Flynn is quickly earning a bus label. Oh, he's, he's got it. Mm-hmm. He's got it already. He's, he's got it, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Barring any type of miracle with a different system... The bus label is right is, is is right on the front page of his uh, or is right on the is in big bold print on his shirt on his T-shirt that he wears every day right bust b u s t bust 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 that is some bull crap Mr Johnny Flynn step it up and uh, <laughs> no he he won't be here for his own good step it up somewhere else and best of luck Johnny we wish you the best there's virtually no chance he returns because of I'm sure he'll, he'll uh, get picked up somewhere. I mean, if Troy mm-hmm. Hudson. Mm-hmm. If Troy Hudson can get picked up anywhere, Johnny Flynn absolutely will. And uh, I I said this about Randy Foy, that I said Randy Foy is not a bust. He will succeed. And then I said Johnny Flynn is no Randy Foy. Well, I'm uh, not looking good, am I? <laughs> it's hard for me to endorse players in the draft because I'm not doing as good as I, I thought I was. Years ago, I used to actually be kind of good at it. But the last several times, I have screwed up miserably, and I am man enough to admit openly that when me and the forecaster each have different opinions on certain players like Randy Foy and Brandon Roy, the forecaster is way ahead of me right now. Way, way, way ahead of me. You know, here's the name. I see it coming. You know, I see it coming. Mm -hmm. Like you saw Brandon Roy and I saw Foy, and uh, it looked great in the end for Brandon Roy and not good for Foy. Stephen Curry and Johnny Flynn, forecaster, uh, strong supporter of Curry. I was a strong supporter of Flynn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one's uh, that was pretty lopsided as well, really lopsided. Of course, Brandon Roy's in- injury situation not his fault. He just it's just unfortunately a part of life. Yeah, but you did uh, tell me about mm-hmm. uh, Ty Lawson. You know we. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you for uh, giving me a little life support there in my little draft yeah, uh, but it just expertise. Hurts so much more, though. It just hurts so much more every yeah. time he comes here. Yeah, he's he is an amazing. He has a chance to be an all-star, a multi-time all-star in this league. And we gave him up. And we gave him up. Passed on Curry. Passed on. Oh my God! And like you said, like a while ago with Flynn, you said this reminds me of Roy for Foy. Flynn, Flynn versus Curry. Uh-oh. And potentially uh, passing on Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, but now we're so... We're very happy with uh, Wesley Johnson. That yeah. was a good pick. Yeah. That was a great draft pick. So we're ending on a positive note with that. And we're coming to the end of the show. We thank all of you for listening so very much, and we pray to God there is no lockout. <laughs> we pray to God there is no lockout. Anything you want to close with? Um... 
definitely. Good luck to the team. Hopefully, uh, I think I think we'll make some move. Uh, uh, maybe if we even if we keep the second pick, I think we're going to do something else. Mm, so I don't think this team will even look the same. I'm no longer going to believe that we'll win 30 games because mm-hmm. my, my blood pressure is a little bit too high for that. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to be able to pick it, but then it's like, when's it going to happen? Yeah. And it, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I guess here's a final thought. To, I hate to do this to you guys. I hate to do it to myself. We have to win more games next year for one major reason. We don't have a first-round pick next year. The Clippers yeah. have it. <laughs> we have to go for yeah. We have to go for broke this season. That's mm-hmm. why I'm thinking Taylor needs to, you know, spend some money mm-hmm. on the team. It's like you know, we don't do it now. You know, a pick next season. We're just stuck again with the, whatever record we have next season. Mm-hmm. It's like we're kind of forced with it. And yeah. Rubio did bring in more seats. T- uh, more he did bring in more season tickets. That's a good sign. And if he's Anywhere near what is expected, he will bring in a lot of people. I, and I hope he does. Like Dwight. Like Dwight, yep. And he, <laughs> that would be nice, too. But, of course, you know, he'll bring in a lot more customers, too. More jersey sales, more everything. Yeah. Please, Ricky Rubio, succeed. But Please. those sales <laughs> will drop once we start losing. Mm-hmm. So I think we definitely need to spend the money to uh, make this team better. Mm-hmm. Not only on players, but on a coach. And we have a to different do it coach. Now. A different coach, yep. Have to do it ASAP. This is a big summer for the Wolves. There will be changes, y'all. Yeah, there's no, yeah, no I, doubt. I actually think it's big changes. In order to get that superstar who can push us over the edge in, uh, in the fourth quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's somebody who can somebody who can close games somehow. I mean, most likely for the Wolves, it would have to come through the draft unless you get a miracle sign and trade somehow. Like Miami did. No, okay, I didn't say that. That guy's not a closer. They already had one. <laughs> or this that may guy. be a time to, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, we might have to get rid of our first picks for the next couple of years in order to get a star. It could, it could lean that way. Because if, if we it's don't, Chris Paul, because yep. love might lead. No. Mm, not that too. Mm. It is an endless, yeah, It's a, there's a domino effect that could happen if things continue to go the way they do. Yeah, that so would suck. We have to win now and look for a team who has vets, vet all-stars <laughs> who are looking to go young. So we have to give them our first picks. Mm-hmm. You're have to do that, and obviously you have to match salary, too. That's another unfortunate part, which we have trade exceptions for. That's the good part. That's where that would come in handy. So with that, we are going to... Give you the contact details and wrap her up here. Uh, Timberwolves Explosion, I mentioned, available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. We, we'd like you to join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. There's a button on the upper right hand corner of the front page of the website that says TSS Sports. Simply click on that, then click register, get your screen name, and get on there and enjoy those NBA boards. They are some really cool people on there I would like you to interact with like the hosts of the crossover, Rusty and P-Mac. Those guys are awesome, and their show is awesome. And they just released a new show, so I get to join them in kind there. We're going to capitalize on some listenership out there because this is a very exciting time to talk NBA basketball. With the NBA Finals concluding and the NBA Draft, well, coming very soon here. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun watching this draft. We're looking forward to it very, very much. So, yes, please do join those boards and discuss the drafts and whatever you want. Don't forget to 
join the Facebook group, talk about NBA, talk Timberwolves on there. Type in Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves in the search bar. And, of course, there is the call-in line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Do give it a call, and we, you, we could have you on air. That'd be terrific. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. And my personal email is live at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Go Wolves. Enjoy the NBA. And once again, no lockout.